Another episode of Send Help, the podcast. Send up something you call the podcast, Spotify and Apple Podcast, Twitter, IG, send up underscore the pod. Pat, Nick Roy, Nick LaRosa, back and better than ever. I don't know why I just used Greeny's line. I apologize in advance, but just felt right. Felt back right. Back and better than ever. We're not that. wrong. You're not no. wrong. I'm back. I was 0-4 last week on my NFL picks. A great weekend for me. Great weekend for Nick LaRosa. So-so weekend for Patrick. But overall, a super, super, super fun day of football on Sunday. Uh, the Sunday night game came down to the wire. That, everyone was probably watching that. We had a sick uh, NBA game yesterday with Anthony Davis hitting a buzzer beater uh, right in the face of Nikola Jokic. Uh, just an awesome Sunday, man. It's, it was so fun to flip back from football to the Western Conference Finals. Like that's, I've never done that. And it felt awesome. It felt tremendous. Yeah, the NBA did the right thing, finally. They put the game at 730, not going up against eight other games. Genius. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? They started an hour before uh, Sunday Night Football. So you got, you know, the first half in at least. And then you were kind of dialed in at that point because you're like, all right, I got I to ride with this. You know, you're switching back and forth, not going to the uh, Sunday Night Baseball game, I'm assuming. That was not part of that. The, was on. Was, was there on even TV? one? Oh, yeah, was on of course. It was Sunday. Yeah. Was, Yikes. There, there was a game. I think it was uh, Cubs, Cubs Twins last night. Yikes. You could not catch me dead watching no. baseball yesterday. Couldn't even tell you what the score was. No idea. No Cubs lost for nothing. They did. Nice. They did. Don't yeah. care. Speaking of losing, uh, Nick, Roy, and I might get accustomed to this throughout the season where on a football Monday, it's, it's not, a good, not a good weekend, not a good takeaway for us, for our respective teams. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into it in a little bit, but, man, man, the Jets and the Vikings are just – Man, oh, man. They're just the worst. I think they're both the worst team ever. I can make that case for sure. I think I can, too. I have the worst quarterback that's ever walked the planet. Ever. <laughs> ever. You're not, you're, not, you're not wrong. He gets $90 million to throw three picks and not even 100 yards. At least you know you have a good running back, really good running back. You get a really good receiver and a good defense. This is, what, this, is what tu- this is what's tough, Pat, and I don't want to get too much into it before we go over the picture recap because Nick LaRosa's got a fireman behind him. Like, he's on fire. It's like, a human torch. But, dude. Dude, dude, knowing – I'll just say this quickly. Knowing your team is, like, super good, but one guy holds them back is kind of one of the – it's, like, one of the hardest things ever to, like, deal with. You know what I'm saying? Because you watch the Vikings. I watch them every week, and you, you know, wow, we're actually a good team, and our quarterback is totally inept. You like that? It's, you like that? It's tough. It's tough. But you know who's not inept is the human torch. following is a presentation of send help the podcast nickel rosa we're going to get into our picks recaps i got off the schneid of zero and four had a four and two weekend really good betting weekend for me overall super fun and then i look at the the sheet and nickel rosa went six and oh on his picks on the show this weekend nickel rosa take it away where's yours i'm very very uh, excited uh, I, it was a tough weekend, really. Like I, I heard all the pros just saying how the, these lines were a little bit more difficult than usual, and I definitely agree. Um, but uh, some of these games were closer. Some of these games weren't so close. Uh, 
obviously we start off with the Rams plus one. Uh, screw the half. I don't even need the half. I would have taken him I as a pickup. I told you you didn't need the half. I told you you didn't need the half, damn it. But, oh, my gosh. The Rams, it looked it looked like a classic, oh, my God, the Eagles are going to come back in the second half, just like what happened last week with the Redskins against them. But, you know, the Rams' offense is just too good. Slams it down their throat. Tyler Higby, wish it wasn't him, wish it was Cooper Cup, but that's another topic for another segment. Uh, then we start with the Giants plus five and a half. Woo, that was hairy horrible for a while. in the first half. <laughs> horrible in the first half, but somehow, some way, they come back and only lose by four. And they so should have won the game. Cover there. They I think they should the have too. I mean, yeah, and if definitely if Barkley doesn't get hurt, they, they're obviously. Oh my God! What what a I had that was the one game I had besides Red Zone on on the other setup, on the other TV. It was just what a horrible game to watch. Oh my. Brutal game. And obviously Barkley going down with his injury. We'll get into that soon. But Niners minus seven. Not even a not even a doubt a at any walk. point in time. Oh my seven god. Seven nothing on the first play of the game, Mostert. Cake oh walk. my god. Exactly. I, I once that <laughs> happened, and there was actually another play where he rushed for sixty seven yards for a touchdown, but it got called back on a penalty. An absolute joke. Oh my no god. Offense, Pat, we'll get into that too. Dude. Yeah, Ooh. but uh, Rams minus uh, Rams 49ers minus seven didn't even need to buy it down to six and a half all day every day easy dub, and then we get to Arizona minus seven, another one where I just I, I had a good feeling predicted the game score or the game flow, and uh, it worked out really well Arizona minus seven, and then that takes me into the under for that game forty six and a half that was close it did hairy. get close but uh, I had. No doubts in my mind that it was going to hit. Even after I, going into the fourth quarter with a two touchdown cushion, I was pretty pumped. Uh, and then that that last game, oh my god, what an over under! If you had Bucks Panthers forty seven or forty eight, if you took a push, there's nothing wrong with that. Even though I said pushes are for bitches last week, but sometimes you know it has to it has to go down. But oh my gosh. Over under 47, Leonard Fournette, you think the game is over, and he wants that starting job. That's his. He wants it. A 46-yard rushing touchdown with the extra point to make the over 48 in total for a beautiful, beautiful 6-0. and Oh, my God. What Just absolutely, absolutely tremendous picks by Nick. Um, I followed him a lot like this weekend. I didn't follow every pick he picked, but I like when I went, I'll go next since I actually had a better record than Pat this week. I did not go 0 and 4, which is uh, that's all we we said it last week on the Thursday show. I just needed to get one win. And it didn't look like I was going to cuz my first two bets of the day absolutely folded. Um, I am officially officially saying I will not be putting the Vikings in any of my picks anymore. Uh, I can't do it. I might do the over-under because that was a win. We'll get into that. But I, I, I'm never betting on the Vikings ever again. Um, first first bet of the day for me was Vikings plus three and a half. Terrible pick. The Vikings are terrible. My life is terrible. I'm sick of the double whammy, the losing money and losing my life and my, my soul on Sundays at 1 p.m. So I'm done with that. That was an 0-1 start. Uh, second, uh, but I did win the under in that game. Uh, 49, way too high. Vikings can't score. Colts can't really score either. It was 28 to 11. That game was never in doubt for the under. So I started out one and one. Then we had the Bills. Uh, Pat also had the Bills uh, backdoored by the Dolphins. Absolutely brutal backdoor. 
just like Nick was talking about with his beautiful backdoor cover for the over, me and Pat got screwed on the backdoor by the the, uh, the Bills. Josh Allen threw a big touchdown pass to John Brown with like three minutes to go to put him up 31 to 20. I kept saying to myself, one stop, guys, one stop, and I'm five and five and one. Nope, no thank you. They didn't want to do it. So then we get into the, the four o'clock games, and I had the Ravens minus seven. That game was never in doubt. The Ravens absolutely dominated Baltimore. Uh, the, they were up 10 nothing after the second quarter, uh, after the first quarter, and then they were up 20 to 7, 20 to 10 before half. Just Baltimore is dominant. Uh, Baltimore is very dominant. They ran the ball to almost everybody, it felt like. Lamar, in the end of the first quarter, had passes to seven different receivers. I don't know who's going to stop them besides maybe the Chiefs. So then I had a win with the Ravens minus seven. I also had Arizona minus seven, like Nick LaRosa. That game, I don't know why you would ever bet on Washington ever. Um, I thought that was kind of too low, in my opinion. Seven points, Washington. I guess since they beat the Eagles, that makes sense. But I didn't love that. And then I finished out last night with, I think, my best pick of the night. Uh, best pick of the day, I should say. Pats, Seattle, over 44 and a half. Um, that over was, like, locked in, I feel like, at the end of the first quarter. Pick six for uh, New England. Seattle goes right down the field and scores. Then New England scores again, and then Seattle goes right down and scores. Mr. Unlimited is unstoppable. They had 28 points at half, and the over hit with two minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, and it finished at 65. So that the point total finished 25 over the over that I had at 44 and a half. So I finished out with a nice four and two uh, weekend. And Pat, now it's up to you. Yeah, it's up to me. Uh, like Nick, <laughs> La, unlike Nick, Nick LaRosa, who had just great games go his way, especially you know, the, the Bucks Panther hit. That over. The over. At the, Life's too short to bet the under, Pat. At the very, at the very end. Unless it's I, the Vikings. Right, right. I, I had some unfortunate breaks um, go my way or against my way late in games as well. So I'll start with my wins, uh, riding the hot hand from, from week one. with the Jags again. Which is on fire for me. Love taking them. I mean, if they're ever a, a dog of more than seven points, I feel like you have to take them just because of the way their offense is playing. We'll get into that more with the full recap. But yeah, another win for the Jags, my boy Doug Marone. Uh, and then went, went, went against the Jets again, which is just a, a, a surefire win every week, it seems like. It's a great play. It's a great play. You, 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 it's hard to go wrong. So I got the two wins right off the bat there against the spread. Like Nick, like you mentioned, the Bills just destroyed us. I mean, they they go up 11 points, and then Fitzpatrick. I guess that's what you get with him. He's he's hot sometimes, and he's he's got awful sometimes. And he was hot late in the game. He put up a bunch of points. I mean, that's just just what he does. So, unfortunately, they got the backdoor cover late in the game. Actually, almost won the game, which is crazy to me. The way Josh Allen played, especially, it's unbelievable. So anyway, lost that one. And then the other game that that killed me was the Steelers. Uh, they were really – that game was never really in doubt in terms of a win. But Denver kind of just hung around, kept it close with, you know, one possession game. And then literally, like, last possession of the game to kind of ice it, James Conner had a huge long run, get inside the 10. I guess just runs out of steam, runs out of gas, falls down, can't get in the end zone. And then there was a minute and a half to go, and Denver had two timeouts. So I figured maybe Pittsburgh's going to – score here. Denver's going to call their timeouts, try to get the ball back. You know, if Pittsburgh gets a field goal, they're only down eight. Not the case. Uh, Pittsburgh just ran the clock inside they the 10. Gave up. <laughs> they just gave up. Again. They, they took their W and went home. Exactly. Exactly. Denver just, just, just quit. So, yeah. 
that was a, a bad loss as well, only by a mere, I think the pitch was a seven-point favorite, so I only lost it by, by two points. So yep. very close games for me, unfortunately. I got two and two at the picks, and then the over-unders, um, I'll admit, uh, I was just a shot in the dark, to be completely honest. Although my under, I was very confident in. And to be quite frank, should have won. Another backdoor blow uh, with the Jets at 49ers game. Under was 41 and a half. And the Jets do nothing on offense all game long. Sam Darnold, literally, I texted to you last night, Nick. Sam Darnold's, like, escaping the pocket as, like, the, it's closing around him. He's tripping as he runs to the left and finds Braxton Berrios, of all people, running down the middle of the field for a meaningless touchdown with, like, a minute and 20 to go. Meaningless touchdown. So, the total in that was 44. Screwed me. Absolutely screwed me. And especially, like, the way that game broke. I mean, with all the injuries on the offense and how just both teams were looking, I'm like, no one's going to score anymore in this game. Nope, Jets get a meaningless touchdown to show me nothing for the future of the team. So, yeah, that was a bad loss. And then the other game, which I had no confidence in at all, was Baltimore and Houston. Houston's offense is atrocious. Let's, let's call it what it is. And I thought I was maybe going to get a late cover there. But Houston, like I said, just can't score. All they need was one touchdown. They got, like, three field goals in the second half. That was it. So, I, I lost that game. You know, looking at the, the, the selection of games yesterday i don't know how i just skimmed over atlanta dallas for the over i mean that was that was obvious yeah no that was gonna hit i have no idea how i just i just pat it. i think you got quadruple backdoor didn't you the bills got you at the last second pittsburgh yeah. could have got you at the last second yeah that would have been a win though you're over the over in the ravens was 50 and it was 49 points you were yeah, one point off one. And then the and then the obviously the 49ers back got the got backdoored with the with the that was under, bad yeah. yeah the backdoor wow. losses for me killed me yeah but, I mean the, the Pittsburgh would have been a nice you know surprise because the, you know James Conner had a whatever like an 80 yard run just to even get him down there so I wasn't putting too much into that but yeah and if he wasn't injured losses. you know he's scoring that touchdown right yeah if he's 100 percent or if he's yeah. any other like decently fast running back James Conner's not really known for speed so. Yeah, uh, two and four on the weekend. Not mad about my picks, though. I mean, it wasn't like I selected anything where I'm like, oh, this is an absolute joke of a pick. I don't know what I'm thinking there. The only game I had, you know, little to no confidence in was Baltimore-Houston, just the way Houston's offense is looking. But I, like you said, I was only a point away. So You were only a point away. Two and four. Um, Not bad. Yeah, so the official records now is Nick is nine and one. Great start. First two weeks for Nick. Pat's four and six, and I have gotten off the 0-4 schneid to four and six. So hopefully next week we can all get above 500 and Nick can continue his hot streak. Keep it going there. Um, Nick, another thing I wanted to mention to you is that Washington game. How about Washington just not calling timeouts at the end of the game, not being like, hey, let's go for a score. Like, that was great for your under, but yeah, I was it, like, what is going on? You're it just doesn't feel like Ron Rivera's style either. I feel like he's always, you know, right? play till the clock expires. But uh... Yeah, Riverboat Ron just was like, I'm done. Let's go home. <laughs> The absolute funness of the, the bets yesterday. It was so fun. Like, all day, you didn't know if your bets were going to hit. It was the all-day kind of thing. Uh, but let's get into some NFL recap, man. And I want to start – I do want to start out west with the Chiefs and Chargers game. Um, I don't know about you guys, but, like, obviously, like, I bet all the 1 o'clock games, and then I go into my 4 o'clock. After that, I bet on them. So I don't bet on the 4 o'clock games until after I know how I did in the 1 o'clock games. Had a good start to the 1 o'clock games. Watching the 4 o'clock game, I'm in the middle of it. I took the Chiefs in a teaser, uh, minus one and a half. I was like, okay, that's easily going to be good. And I look on the screen, and Justin Herbert is on the field. 
I was like, what the hell's going on? Justin Herbert looked like an NFL quarterback yesterday. He almost beat the defending champs. It was a tremendous game. And he found out five to ten seconds before kickoff that he was was playing. I mean, wow. Unbelievable, right? What a performance. I mean, some of it is lack of the Chiefs having tape because, you know, they were definitely prepared for Tyrod, and it was a very unexpected injury. Uh, If any of us took that spread, uh, I think there would definitely have been uh, some debate whether that would have counted because of uh, such a big change last second. But uh, luckily, nobody took that spread. Nobody touched the eight and a half. Um, But, yeah, Justin Herbert did look very good. And all three of us watch Hard Knocks here. I think we all remember watching – that episode where he's just throwing absolute dimes, not even to players, just to like, you know, these, whatever they have set up, these uh, catch nets and all that crap. But, oh my gosh, what a performance out of Herbert. For, to, to find out that you're playing 10 seconds before kickoff uh, and to, to play that well was very, very good. Yeah, 22 of 33, 311 yards, one touchdown, one pick. The pick was what cost him the game, but that's, you know, that's a rookie making his first First, first start, you don't throw the ball over the middle of the field like that. He had a rushing touchdown as well to go along with it. Uh, and before we get Pat's thing, I just want to talk about the real Pat. Pat Mahomes throw to Tyreek Hill. Give me a break, dude. On the run to your right, a dime piece. Jesus Christ, 54-yard bazooka. I mean, it's unbelievable how good he is. And once again, the Chiefs are down in a game and come back and win. I think that's – I saw a stat. I don't know, Nick, if you saw on the TV, but they were like – they're like 9-0 and and their last yeah. nine games that they've been down double-digit points. Yep, that's exactly right. What the right. hell is that stat? What is that? And it's including the playoffs, which they were down 10 points in, I think, three of Every those game. games. Every game. That oh, played. my God. Pat, what did you think about that game yesterday? Well, that's why they're the Super Bowl champs. Yeah. Because of that stat. Fair. Because that's winning football. <laughs> so poised. You have Andy Reid as your head coach. Pat Mahomes, we know, is you know, the face of the league at this point. Uh, they, they just they never panic. Why would they with a, with a quarterback and an offense like that? Uh, you know, I, I will say Justin Herbert uh, and, and the Chargers, yes, he played really well, especially not knowing he was going to start. But I want to give more credit to their defense. I mean, they've got great cornerbacks. Joey Bosa is looking fantastic this year. Uh, they, they played really well. They had an awesome game plan. Uh, they were, you know, so close to going 2-0. and and there might be some lore and luster to playing in that new stadium. I know there's no fans, but just being in a new venue, I think is kind of exciting. I obviously with the chargers, not so much the Rams, they're playing in a soccer stadium for the last two years. So yeah. <laughs> being in an actual NFL stadium is probably exciting for them. And you know, just being in LA when they eventually do get fans, I think that that atmosphere is going to be going to be sick. Uh, but yeah, give, give credit to Justin Herbert for sure. Let's not forget. Had there not been a you know 2019 season where Joe Burrow set all kinds of records, Herbert would have been the top pick in the draft. He could have came out the year before. Oh yeah, yeah. he definitely could have came out. And had he come out, like I said, he probably would have been the top top he pick. He would have been probably the first quarterback taken. Yeah, I would I would say so. He's got all the tools. Six six. The guy's a freak. I don't know if you guys saw when he's running on the sideline at one point late in the second half. He bodied one of the Casey yes. linebackers, and the linebacker was down, and Herbert just got right back up. I mean, it was awesome. he's a big, big dude. So uh, the, the future, I think, is Speaking bright. Speaking of being down really quick, did you guys see the Sammy Watkins hit? Oh, my God, yeah. The, oh, double, he, the double whammy. I, he was on the ground for, like, four seconds and didn't move. I thought he was dead. Like, that, he looked he looked bad. I don't know he dead, was, like, wobbling off the field. 
It's like this man's this man's in concussion protocol. You oh, can yeah. tell right then and there. No, no, oh, no, my no gosh. doubt. No doubt. That was that was a bad bad hit. It was like you know, his legs got taken out, and then a guy from behind him just boom, sprayed in the back, and then he oh. hit the. I thought turf. it was kind. Of, I thought it might have been a penalty, but I did. He did get him in the back instead of the helmet, so that was that was good. Yeah, it was clean. It was clean. Also, shout out Harrison Butker. Just absolutely balls of steel. Kicks a game winning field goal in overtime. Two of them. <laughs> Gets a five-yard off. Kicks, who kicks who jumps tying. off sides? Who jumps off sides, by the way, on a field goal? I, I, I mean, I was always on field goal team because I was the, the snapper. The, there's no snap count. It is when the snapper snaps the ball, block. There is no snap count. Weird. Weird. I, it made me so mad. Then, that, was, that was shame on the Chiefs, though. They had a, few cup, they had a couple of penalties on either the game tying drive and the game yeah. winning drive that absolutely killed them all. Unbelievable. And oh then and gosh. then they get and then they get the 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 icing the kicker. He drilled it again, 58 yards. And then he just said, "Yo, dude, I can do this all day." And kicked it right down the middle again. Not even close. Harrison Bucker also great great performance for him on my fantasy team. Uh, another game I want to get into. Dallas Atlanta. Jesus Christ. Atlanta. What is going on, man? You guys are the origami capital of the world. Fold artists to the max. You guys lost a game up 17, three scores, and you didn't have a turnover. Dallas turned the ball over three times. You didn't turn it over once, and you lost. I, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, Atlanta's just oh, – they're embarrassing. Embarrassing. Their defense is abysmal. It's, it's abysmal. I mean, the, the, Dak Prescott and Zeke could not hold on to the football in the first half. It was 20 to nothing. fumbles? 20 nothing. 20 nothing. It was 29 to 10 at halftime. And it was 34 to 20, 39 to 24 in the fourth quarter with 757 to go. I I don't even know what you want. I don't say. (laughs) Everyone was like, you know, referencing back to the Super Bowl. Oh, look, they can't hold another big lead. Look, it's a a different team at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a good point, Pat. It's a different team, kind of. I just think. It's it's coaching. It's got to be coaching. I mean, Dan Quinn, we knew he was kind of coaching for his life. I feel bad for the offense because Matt Ryan That's what still has say. it, still has it. Julio Jones is still great. Calvin Ridley is looking like a stud now, and now they got a third weapon with Gage. Gurley wasn't great yesterday. Uh, no. He ran like eighteen times. He only had sixty-one yards. Yeah. Not twenty-one times. Crazy. Oh, even yeah. even, even worse. Three yards a rush. Pretty yeah, bad. not what you want. That's that's probably what did them in uh, in terms of Dallas getting back the ball. They just couldn't waste any clock. Uh, Matt Ryan threw it all over the place, but uh, they kind of moved away from that with the big lead, and you know, fittingly so. Uh, it, it was just, it, it was terrible. Uh, and you know, that Dallas crept back in. You're like, there's no way they're gonna pull this off. And then they even had to get that onside kick, which we need to touch on now. What are the Falcons doing on that onside kick? It looked like the, they thought the football was a bomb. They just well, they yeah. kept g- getting away from it. They're like, well, Watching we're not the gonna replay, jump on You that. see that cowboy player just hovering over it. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's three Falcons be coaching. and a cowboy it's player coaching. just hovering. It's all coaching. That's got to be coaching because I, I think we all know the rule. You can, as the, as the receiving team, you can fall on the ball before 10 yards. That's, you're totally live. But as right. soon as you touch it or as soon as it goes 10 yards, it's a live ball. It's a live ball. So I don't know what. I forget what Falcon player it was, but they, like, went up to it and stopped. Nick, like you said, and he just looked at it like, yeah. should I fall on this or not? And I know the ball was spinning sideways. Yeah, they- dude, <laughs> you, can't, you can't let the ball go 10 yards. You cannot let it go 10 yards, especially on one of those. It's not like you, they didn't kick the bouncing one where it goes up in the air and you have to yep. go up and get it. They kicked a roly-poly-oly and let it roll all the way there, and you, they just stared at it like, well, should we do it or not? 
unbelievably bad job. And that's where, like Pat said, I think it comes down to coaching. Like I remember in college and in high school, we went over onside kick stuff. And it was always, if the ball is rolling slowly, do not let it get to 10 yards, get on that football. Never, ever let that ball get to 10 yards and even have them a chance of the ball being live and we don't have it yet, right? That's like the rule. Unbelievable. Um, terrible job by, by Atlanta's coaching staff and terrible job by their special teams. It lost them the game. I mean, they still would have won the game. Even, even at the end of it, they would have won the game and they still found a way to lose. Unbelievable. Yeah. And like you said, even if they don't think – like maybe the, for some reason they don't think the ball is going to go 10 yards. But even if you don't think that, just get on the goddamn ball. It's had no shit – and had no shot of going out of bounds, really. But just get on the freaking ball. If you, especially if you can get on it prior to it going 10 yards. Just jump on the ball and, and you know, get on it. Shame on it. Shame on the Falcons. Shame on Atlanta. It literally shame was shame. The, shame. Shame on the Falcons. Absolute shame. And the Cowboys, uh, maybe that'll jumpstart them because they still didn't look – I mean, Dak had 450, had a touchdown passing and three rushing touchdowns, but they still – they're still the same Dallas that we've always seen. Am I wrong? Like, they're just like – you're just like, what are you guys doing? You should have won that game. They should have never been down in that situation. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't want to touch on Green Bay, Detroit, because uh, you know Green Bay just absolutely took over that game. Well, I actually got a stat for you in that game. Oh, give me a stat. Well, not, not so much that game, is. but just I don't, I don't know if you do. Aaron Rodgers is really good, and I hate him. He, oh, he's he. The, their offense is sick this year. I mean, it's I mean, Aaron Jones is, is a beast. I'm so mad about almost a 50 spot in fantasy. I, I was four picks away from having him beat my second running back to go with Kamara in my one league. Four oh. picks away. I mean, how, how high would I have been? That's a good amount of picks away. It's, it's only like, four. It's not like the guy took him in front of you, you know? Four is close. Twelve man it, league, it's a third of the league. But it, here's the thing. It was the, <laughs> it was the third round. It was the third round. I don't know who's not taking Aaron Jones in the first two rounds. But. I'm saying. That's why I'm like, oh, my God, he's actually going to drop. It's a, a touchdown machine. He's actually going to drop. Yards, first touchdown. Anyway, regardless. Uh, anyway, he, here's my, my staff for you for Detroit this season. They have jumped out to combine leads of 37 to 9 in their first two games, okay? 37 to 9. They've then can, uh, proceeded to go on and be outscored by a combined 60 to 7 in those two games. Trying to, they're competing with Atlanta for the Origami Capital. I think, I think they are. Matt Patricia on the hot seat, he's known as a defensive coach, not really doing anything defensively. They brought in uh, some of their you know, guys this year, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, not doing anything, to be quite no. honest. So. No. Detroit's a mess. Again, okay. I, I just you keep feeling for Matthew Stafford, who's obviously a good quarterback, uh, but they just can't hold leads. It's it's pretty sad. Yeah, yeah, pretty upsetting. That was my only stat for that game. Matt Patricia has coached thirty four games now for the Detroit Lions, and twelve of those games they have had the lead. I I want to say they've had a ten point lead, and they've blown it in those in those thirty four games. That's a joke. I mean, yeah. come on. That's bad. It's crazy. Um, you're a Lions fan. It's not happy. You are not happy no. if you're a Lions fan. So before we talk about New England and Seattle, I just want to get into the injuries real quick that happened yesterday because there was – I mean, a lot of the other games were good games, but, like, you know, a lot of them were, like, between bad teams. New York, Chicago, bad teams. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot – there's, you know, other notes. A lot Philly's of talent. Like, yeah. There's notes. We can't, we can't cover every game, but what we can cover no. is these injuries because, holy hell, there was a lot of injuries yesterday. Uh, and it started early. It wasn't like, you know, it all, it, it all, it would just kept happening. I remember in the Vikings game, Paris Campbell got tackled by Harrison Smith 
he was limping off the field. He got carded the locker room on his knee. He's, he was out for the game. Uh, obviously, the big one, Saquon Barkley, uh, it looks like he tore his ACL. That's what the reports are saying. It looked like he tore his ACL on Sunday against the Bears. That's terrible, not just for, for the Giants, but for the league. I mean, Saquon's a premier, premier talent in the league. It's very upsetting to see someone like that go down ever. Oh, yeah. uh, but it also it spells disaster for the Giants. They're, they're done. I mean, they weren't going to do anything anyway. But, I mean, Daniel Jones, I don't think – I think I read a stat yesterday, Nick, in fantasy that I don't think Daniel Jones has put up more than like eight, 11 points in a fantasy game that Saquon didn't play in. Yeah, I mean, and he had a few of those last season with Saquon being out with for the basically half the season. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, knowing Saquon, <laughs> it, it like, this is obviously a joke, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's back by the end of the season with a torn ACL. Like, he's is just it, not that, human. That is <laughs> a, a bit of a joke. Uh, <laughs> but, what's, crazy, what's crazy is, dude, they have a, a, a thing on ESPN that's on the front page. And it is, you know how, like, they have the, the power rankings and, it, like, they do, like, jump to your team? They literally have an injury list, and it's jump to you the injury. So wow. we'll just, I'm just going to go through the names, and we can talk about them after. Nick Bosa, expected torn ACL. Uh, Saquon Barkley, expected torn ACL. Drew Locke, sprained AC joint, two to, two to six weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo, high ankle sprain, more than likely going to miss next week. Cortland Sutton, re-injured his knee. Christian McCaffrey, injured his ankle. Uh, Devontae Adams, injured his hamstring. Tavon Young, Baltimore Ravens, injured his knee. Malik Hooker, Achilles tendon. That's awful. Brandon yep. Shreve, guard for the Washington football team. Injury, knee. Byron Jones, cornerback, Miami Dolphins, groin. M- Mostert, running back, San Francisco 49ers, Brandon MCL. Tyrod Taylor, chest. Anthony Barr, hurt his shoulder. Brandon Lindor, center for the Jacksonville Jaguars, knee. Guard for Philly, knee. Paris Campbell, knee. Caleb McGarry, Sprained MCL. Bruce Irving last night in the Seattle game hurt his knee. That was terrible to see. Uh, Will Fuller, hamstring. Not a surprise, to be honest with you. Uh, and then other ones. Brashad Perriman, Chris Hogan, McGovern, uh, Awuzie, Jonathan Joseph. That's 25 I just counted. That's, that's 20. 21 on the list, and then I added the more. Unbelievable. Wow. And Devontae Adams also got hurt in that, that, that I had, game. Yeah, well. I had him. I had oh, him on wow. that. Wow. That is yeah. that is like there's so many Nick that you couldn't keep track I mean, of them all. And, and this this is who I I really put the blame on, and it's really shame on Roger Goodell. Um, obviously there was no preseason. These players are not ready, and this is this is just this week. We didn't even include Michael Thomas from last week, and the and the countless other injuries from week one too. I mean. <clears throat> Somebody's got to be held accountable for this because this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a shame to see. I don't know if I could solely put the blame on Goodell for the lack of preseason games. I, I get why we did, they didn't have any. I, I, I kind of get it. Uh, obviously, you wanted to limit the traveling and, you know, contact. And obviously, during preseason, there's a lot more guys on the roster. So, you wanted to kind of get away from that because COVID. I, I, I do understand. And there was obviously talks heading into the year and years past about shortening the preseason anyway. So I, I, I'm not going to kill him for the lack of preseason games. I, I think we just kind of expected this. We, we knew. I mean, Nick, you obviously played football. You, you knew how invaluable it was to kind of get the pads on and go, you know, co- contact, full contact, and how these guys weren't doing that in the preseason. We knew that injuries were possibly going to be a concern. It was one of my worries, and now we're kind of seeing it come true, unfortunately. Uh, some of these, though, yesterday, you know, a lot of them were, yes, non-contact, but some were just freaky plays. I mean, the Nick Bosa one, he kind of got rolled up on. That You hate to see it. 
Uh, Bruce Irvin, same deal. He just kind of got hit. I think a, a C, the, another Seahawk safety got hit too by his own teammate, and that, that looked kind of nasty. He had to get uh, carried off. So some of those are just freak plays and, you know, just ha- how the game goes. Unfortunately, the NFL, it's a brutal sport. Uh, and, That's and, where and, I was going to go, Pat. That's where I was going to go with my argument. I, as right. much as I – Nick, I do agree that the lack of preseason games hurts them uh, in, like, in an understanding, like, how these hits work and stuff like that. But a lot of them weren't um, – Soft tissue stuff. So if it's soft tissue stuff, like the, when the Yankees get soft tissue stuff, that's when I get mad, right? Like, oh, my, 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 my bicep is fucked up. Like, Stan, like, what are you doing, man? Like, come on. But a lot of them were, you know, a torn ACL, you can't, like, no matter how many preseason games you play, you can't prevent that from happening. Uh, the ankle injuries, you know, they roll your ankle like McCaffrey and Garoppolo, that's just going to happen. Uh, the, the, the one that I agree with Nick on is Devontae Adams. The hamstring, you know, man, like that, that to me is a lack of conditioning and stuff like that, lack of stretching. That, that I can understand. But a lot of them, like the Drew Locke hit, I don't know if you guys saw Drew Locke. Oh, hit. God. He got popped. Oh, my God. He got put into the ground. That kind of stuff, I, I can't blame on the lack of, pre, uh, of preseason games. But I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think the argument is do, do we know if they could have been limited from preseason games? Maybe. I don't know. Like, it's just, I, 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 I don't think. Like the preseason, but I do think that like a week like this might make the NFL say, "Well, we can't get rid of the preseason entirely." I think if anything, you got to drop right. down. You got to drop down to two games. Yeah, two is the right a number. lot, but you need some games for these young kids to play in. Um, what's weird, Nick, is I also saw a stat like the average turnover per game last year in week one was like one point like three eight, and then week one this year it was like one point oh one. So there was actually a, like less turnovers. But that doesn't have anything to do with injuries. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 at last week it kind of looked like, hey, the no preseason games didn't really affect anyone. But then this week you might, you might be able to make that argument. I just think it's unfortunate. A lot of the, a lot of the injuries are just unfortunate. It's just – I mean, the, the biggest ones, I think, are really Saquon, Bosa. Uh, Devontae Adams is big, but I don't know if, how big it is. But, I mean, the 49ers are one and one. They just lost Bosa. They might not have Mostert. And they might not have Jimmy G. I mean – yeah, Nick, Mo- Nick Mullins will be. We're talking about the <laughs> NFC West, dude. We're Nick talking about Mullins. the NFC West too. Where you need to win games every week yeah. to stay in it. Absolutely. See, as our listeners know, we we none of us were really high on the Niners after the Super Bowl. Um, well, that's not true. I was. Oh, I, I, I picked them win the division. Why did you, you even say that? You well, shouldn't have said that. What do you mean? I shouldn't say. I picked them win the division. However, I did not foresee all these injuries. You should have. I'm the quarterback. Very true. Very I think they also lost Solomon Thomas yesterday too. Yeah, yeah, but he, he's probably going to be back, they said. I heard their finger torn ACL for him as well. Both Really? Also, I heard both. it was going to be – I heard it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as serious. Well, maybe there's, there's been an update since last night, but I, I could have oh, sworn wow. I saw both him and Bosa fear to have torn ACLs. Wow, Kyle that would Shanahan, be huge. Kyle Shanahan, by the way, said uh, his players were talking about during the game how sticky the field was at MetLife Stadium. Unfortunately, right. he said it's a place the 49ers have to go back and play next week. <laughs> And Eric Armstead also tweeted, at NFL, fix this trash MetLife turf. 2020 is so whack. Hey, (laughs) guess what? I can actually attest to this. I've played on MetLife Stadium's turf. It is bad. It is not good. It is not. I wouldn't call it sticky. I played in a cold game, you know, when we played our state championship there. But, I mean, man, that turf is not – my high school field had better turf than (laughs) MetLife. And I think part of that has to do with the changing over of – of the field, a lot of it. Like, and I know it's just the end zone, but 
that field gets a lot of use compared to other turf fields, right? Like they yeah, play 16 games there a year, right? They play a couple bowl games there every year. They play soccer games there and they move and change out the end zones all the time. Um, I think that has something to do with the, the turf at MetLife being not great. Um, yeah, I, that's I, my I find it very strange too, because last week, obviously the giants had their home opener there. Uh, wasn't, didn't seem like it was too bad, but, you know, there was a huge impact on the, on the Jet game, obviously. Of course, it just happens to the Jets uh, and during their game, and unfortunately a lot of 49ers suffered because of it. And the um, Jets still got pounded. So of course, of course. Lose-lose situation for the Jets because they just, they just look worse than they usually do. We can talk about how that will affect fantasy later on. I want to wait and see what all the injuries mean and how many weeks some guys are going to be out. But uh, I think it's time for a little uh, therapy session. Speaking of the Jets, Pat, let's start with you. Uh, just let it out, man. Let it out about the Jets. Let's get a little therapy going for you. Well, let it out. I've, I'm actually in a good place with the Jets, surprisingly. <laughs> I, I, I'm at the point in my fandom, and I've been at this point for, I would say, at least a couple of seasons. It's kind of like my, my Knicks fandom. I have no expectations for this team anymore. Facts. Uh, they're just – why would I? They don't show me anything. They haven't for a while. Even when the Knicks, like, you know, correlating it back to that, that fandom, even though we were good back in 2012, I didn't expect it to, to carry over. You know, they, they had Mel, they had Amari, whatever. But I knew that it was going to be short-lived. Same with the Jets. Any, you know, modicum of su- success, I'm just going to take it for what it is and, you know, assume that it's going to fade away relatively quickly. Unfortunately, for the Jets, they haven't had any success since uh, Rex Ryan days. So <laughs> it's been quite some time. But, yeah, the, it's, it's not good. I think it's safe to say that the Jets are the worst team in the NFL. I mean, I'm looking yesterday after Brashad Perriman went down. Their receivers were Chris Hogan, although he got hurt too, and Braxton Berrios. And then Frank Gore is their running back at age 37. It's, it, it's pretty pathetic. I mean, they got the worst collection of weapons in the league. By far. And I'm that's the right the, word. And then I'm looking at the Seahawks game last night. They had a seventh-round pick catch a touchdown against New England. Homer, the running back, is like a sixth-round pick. And the Jets have nobody. We, we, we can't draft any weapons. I mean, from top to bottom, it's just – and obviously, Seattle's not even a good comparison because they've, they have stability, okay? They have, they've had the same coach forever. They've had the same quarterback forever. The Jets haven't had any continuity whatsoever. From top to bottom, okay? Obviously, the GM's brand new. It's in his first year. Adam Gase is abysmal, but he's only in his second year. And he Sam, he should, God, he, he should. He's the worst. He he's should really be the done. Worst. Get him out. Oh, my God. I, yeah, yeah. I, yesterday was the one game, too, where, yes, they're going up to get the 49ers, but the 49ers injuries yesterday were just horrible. I mean, they, they didn't have Richard Sherman for the game. You lose Bosa and Solomon Thomas in, like, the first quarter. So the pass rush, you, you'd think, would take a hit. And they just still don't score a touchdown until there's a minute and a half to go in, a, in already a, what it is a blowout. What was indicative of the Jets' whole season and just the way that the team is structured was the third and 31 yesterday, where I believe it was Jarek McKinnon, who's now in at the point because Raheem Mostert was already hurt, somehow picked up a first down in third and 31 inside their own team. <laughs> What do you – how do you let that happen? I mean, how? 
31. I, I'm not even watching the game like live yesterday. I'm watching it on Red Zone. They switched back to the third and 31. I'm like, well, we're only showing this because they must have picked up the first down. I figured they passed the ball, right? Blown coverage. I no. thought it might have been a turnover. No, no, God. But God forbid we think that with the Jets. I, I didn't. I, I literally, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Red Zone. I'm like, third and 31. They're switching to this game. They must have picked up the first down. They must have. But I, like I said, I thought they were going to pass the ball. No, run right at the middle, cut it back to the left, just completely overreached. And oh my God, I, I have no idea what they were doing. It was, it's abysmal. Uh, I don't know when the Jets are going to win a game, to be completely honest. I don't see it. They're in Indy next week. I know they got Miami coming up pretty soon. But Never that, play well against them. No, God, no. I don't see that being a win. That'd be New England. No, that much. They definitely don't be in Buffalo. So th- this could be a, a one-two win season very easily. And then they got a decision to make because Trevor Lawrence will be waiting for them at the top of the draft. But yeah, that's my, that's my therapy session. Nick, I think Pat must have been like a Buddha or like a Zen master in his previous life because he is, a, he is alarmingly calm. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> the opposite way. I'm the opposite way when I watch the Vikings play football, like – and I think it, it comes down to what Pat said before, right? So, like, this is my, my turn now for the therapy session. But I just want to say this about Pat's teams. He, ju- he did mention he's been accustomed to it with the Knicks, right? Like, the Knicks – I'm a Knicks fan too. Like, dude, they, they just – you literally every day you watch them, you're like, well, if, if they win the game, you're like, oh, oh, look at that. There we go. You never <laughs> expect that. Um, I, I think with the Jets too, it's like you'd never expect them to win. Um, and here's what I'll say about the Vikings. They've never won a Super Bowl. Uh, the Jets actually have one. I mean, it was so long ago, but they actually lie. have a championship. The, the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl, right? But you know what the Vikings are? They are perpetual sorrow because they are just good enough for every week for me to be like, hey, man, we can win this game. And, and I think most people would say, hey, the Vikings can win this game this week. They have all the pieces. And then they're just bad enough to rip your heart out and make you want to die. Um, but – Let's be honest. The first two weeks for the Vikings have been abysmal. Uh, They've let up more points than the Jets. They've scored 45 points, and all their points that they've scored have really been garbage time points. Let's be real. We scored three. We scored seven points in the first half against uh, Green Bay and had a bunch of garbage time points when we were down like 30. Uh, We had a bunch of garbage points. We had a bunch. We only had had a garbage touchdown yesterday. It was 28 to three in the fourth quarter. Kirk Cousins is the worst quarterback in the league. I'd rather have Sam Darnold on. I think if Sam Darnold was on the Vikings, they might be one and one. I, I, I feel bad for Sam Darnold. I actually, oh, yeah. I actually think he's decent. I, I won't go as far to say he's a good quarterback yet, but I think he's decent. Kirk Cousins, man, and this is, this is who my thing is going to focus around because I, I truly think the Vikings have a really good team. We have a good, solid defense. We're missing Daniil Hunter, but he's a, we're, we're a solid defense. We're young corners. We're going to get better. Mike Zimmer is a really good defensive coach. Um, our biggest weakness is in D-tackle and corner, but, you know, that's something you can fix. Is you have good, we have good safeties and good DNs and good linebackers. I mean, Anthony Barr is hurt now, so we'll see how that goes. But, dude, Kirk Cousins, man. I, do I even say the stat line? Do I say it? 11 of 26, 113 yards, three picks, and 4.3 yards per pass. 4.3 yards per pass. Oh, my God, man. Negative Adam, fantasy points, too. He missed. And some of the picks weren't even like, oh, my God. Like, he had one Hail Mary pick. That was tough. Uh, you don't really count those. But 
he he threw a ball behind Adam Thiel or behind Adam Thielen or it was behind maybe it might have been BC Johnson, but either one. He threw it behind him and it hit the guy trying to turn around. It hit his hand and then it was a pick. Uh, he threw another one that right to another guy. Uh, Dalvin Cook was missing in the second quarter. I don't even know. I don't know if you guys saw that, but there was like two straight drives where Dalvin Cook wasn't on the field. Weird. I think he went they, to go to the bathroom. Weird in a game you're down like you know twelve to three that your best player is not the, on the field. I the, don't get it. The mid game shit. Yeah, uh, the Vikings are the most predictable team in the face of the planet. Uh, so right, first down, right, first and ten. What are they going to do? Handoff, inside zone handoff. Get get two yards. Second down and eight. What do we do? Handoff. Get one yard. Third and seven. Play action pass. Kirk misses a wide open guy or gets sacked because he's an idiot. I mean, I, I can't go through every play, and I really don't want to because it's, disgu- it's like, it makes me upset. He had a 15.9 QB rating yesterday, guys. That's uh, really bad. Um, he had 95 total yards passing because he got sacked three times for 18 yards, including uh, his second time being sacked in the end zone this year for a safety. We've had two games. He's gotten sacked in the end zone twice. I, I understand, like, the O-line has not been great, and Nick said, like, you know, that's got to be on the O-line. And I do agree. But, like, at some point, Kirk Cousins needs to know, hey, my O-line's not great. I have to have a quicker clock in my head to either get rid of this football or get up the field and not lose yards. And it's just it's just, I can't watch it. I can't watch it. I turned it off after the third quarter and then turned it back on. Hopefully, I thought Adam Thielen would get me some fantasy points. Adam <laughs> Thielen had 6.1 fantasy points on the first drive of the game. He had three catches, 31 yards, some great throws by Kirk. And then after that, uh, he never caught another pass. Never. It was tremendous. It was awesome. I don't even know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. Uh, your best receiver, I don't know how you don't. He had five other targets, and Kirk missed them three times. Thielen dropped one pass. So that's on him. But it's just unbelievable, man. They're terrible. They are terrible. Terrible. And you can't even use Dalvin Cook to the best of his ability because you're losing in all these games. So you have to – you're forced to throw more. Uh, it's hard to watch, man. Like, and, and like I said, it's also not on the defense who, yeah, we've let up 28 points in like 43 or something to the Packers. But, I mean, Kirk Cousins gets, you know, we're on our own five and he gets no first downs and then we punt and then the, the, the Indianapolis has the ball on the, on the R40 to start the drive. You're never going to beat a team doing that. That's like a turnover to me. And, Nick, I think you're shaking your head. Yes, I think you agree. Like, if you don't play the field position game, you're going to lose. You can't not get first downs. It was the same thing with the Packers last week. We couldn't get first downs. Our defense had two goal line stops, three goal line stops to start the game, and Kirk couldn't get a single first down afterwards. It's, it's tough to watch. And like I said, I'm a little nervous. Not a little nervous. I'm starting to get to the Pat Zen mode. I, 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 I'm feeling an 0-5 start. Playing the Titans next week at home. Don't know how we're going to stop the Titans if Anthony Barr is out and Kirk Cousins is our quarterback. Uh, Jadavion Clowney's probably going to destroy him. I really hope he breaks something on Kirk. Uh, nothing serious. Maybe a high ankle sprain, something like that. Just get him out. Um, and then we go on the road at the Texans and then on the road at the Seahawks on Sunday night football, which is going to be great because I'm going to get my team get embarrassed on a national stage. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be 0-5. And then we play the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons are the fold masters, but they're decent team. Then we play the Packers again. Bye. And then afterwards, we still have to play the Cowboys, the Bucks, and the Saints. Kiss it goodbye. Tank for Trevor. I'm all in. Kiss it goodbye. Tank for Trevor. Tank for Trevor. So, yeah, uh, I don't 
if I told you by week two that Nick was already going to be tanking for Trevor Lawrence and wishing harm on Kirk Cousins, I think – Look at this. On the Vikings (laughs) team page, the top of it, angry NFL fans already calling for the NFL QB. I mean, (laughs) that's the first thing on the Vikings team page. I'm on the home page. It's two losses, tank for Trevor. All in. (laughs) That should be there. That's a good headline. All in, tank for Trevor. Um – yeah, so that'll wrap up our NFL stuff this week. Really fun games. Not for me and Pat, but, you know, betting was good. Uh, fantasy was good. It was a fun week. Uh, you know what else was super fun last night, guys? Anthony Davis. <laughs> Anthony Davis is super fun. I think, I think our call of uh, the Lakers sweeping is very much intact and very much possible to happen. I'm very excited. We're yeah, going to get there. Lakers. We're going to get Lakers, and I don't know who else because the Celtics finally rebounded and won a game that they needed to win. It was, it was good to see that. I, we, all, we all said we wanted a good series on that side. Um, but we'll start with the Lakers game. I, I know it wasn't easy to watch. I didn't watch the whole game. I can't lie. I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of tuned into the 4 o'clock games, and then I was kind of watching the beginning of the Patriots-Seattle game. Um, but, oh, my God, I turned it on in the fourth quarter, and the Lakers were up 10 or something, to up 8. And I was like, oh, it's over. And then out of nowhere, I went to the bathroom and came back, and it was 101 to 100. I was like, oh, yep. boy. Oh, boy. Um, I, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. I mean, I thought it was a super fun ending, and Anthony Davis hitting that three and yelling Kobe was just <laughs> – that's the coolest play of the playoffs so far. I, like you said, it definitely felt like the game was over. Uh, they, the Lakers were in full control for the first – easily the first half, and uh, – you know, as Denver has done all postseason, you know, they, they just come back. They crawl their way back into the game. It looked like a typical the Nuggets are going to take this game and, you know, we might have a series. And then Anthony Davis just shut the damn door on that one. Um, wow. What a, what a last minute, too, because it was just back and forth making shots and making shots, you know. And that tip-in by Jokic, if you guys were watching, oh, my God. First of all, I'm so sick and tired of this. This is like it. The, the, the plays for NBA in the last minute of a game just turn into, yeah, give our best player the ball and just let him do whatever he wants. And then the best player just runs the clock down until there's 10 seconds left in the shot clock. They drive, they tr- they just drive in for two seconds, step back, shot, or, and they don't drive to get a foul. They don't do any of this anymore. I'm so sick and tired of it. Draw up a freaking play. But, Nonetheless, Jamal Murray takes a shot, looks horrible, feels horrible, but Jokic, you know, absolutely the best big man uh, on that team. And with the amazing tip in, gives him the lead. And then once again, I'll make the same point. LeBron has the ball in his hands, waits until there's like 10 seconds left in the game, makes a drive, but he actually kicks it out which was smart. You know, they had the shot. Caruso, Caruso had the most open shot you could Caruso, have ever had. There. Oh, Caruso, it was a great shot. Caruso to make that shot. That's really what it comes down to. And um, Who got blocked? Who got, who got the block? Danny Green got blocked. Dan, Danny Green got blocked. By, by, Murray. Yeah. by Murray, right? I think yeah. it was by Murray. Luck, luckily for the Lakers, that ball went out on Murray, too, because I thought for sure they were going to give that ball to Denver. Um, I don't know if you guys – did you guys watch any of the breakdown of that final shot from Plumlee, like the, the defense that he played there? It was horrendous. He, he called for a switch, and there was no screen. Right. He ran into LeBron's back. <laughs> and, Jok- and Jokic was guarding ball and came off the ball and still contested it to, like, within yeah. five inches. 
Yeah. All Plumlee had to do was follow AD's path. Stay on his hip, man. Just stay, stay on hip. his hip. And deny the pass and force a pass to go over the top so that AD didn't literally just have to catch and shoot. Because Jokic was – take took away the baseline in the paint. Right. So you knew the, the ball had to come in either to LeBron or AD coming around. And if there was, and it's not like LeBron, like you said, no, there was no screen. LeBron didn't run a screen. He stood there on the, the, on the key, top of the key. He just stood there. And, and, and you got to give credit to Jokic, like Nick said. Like he, he was the one who contested the shot. It wasn't even his man. Unbelievable. It's, I was it's, so mad at Plumlee. Oh, my God. It's as if Plumlee really? didn't want the, the pressure, the burden of giving up that open shot, which he, in essence, did. But I think he like it's like he purposely ran to LeBron, expecting a screen, even though there clearly was none, just so he didn't have to guard AD. He's <laughs> he turned around and like rather than just like doing this, like I don't know, I you can barely see him right now, but being right up against AD, denying the pass so that you know the ball would have to go over the top of his head, AD right. would probably catch it like you know a receiver in a basket catch, and then have to turn around and take a contested shot. Uh, Plumlee is nowhere to be found. Just runs into LeBron's back, calling for a switch. It was it was god awful defense. I mean, the only reason why you had Plumlee in was to guard AD. Exactly. He didn't even do it. And Plumlee's been in the league long enough where he knows he's more of a veteran player, and you need to you need to defend no matter what in that situation. So shame on him. Yeah, shame on him. But I'm I'm glad we got a good game last night. I mean, two zero series though. Now, man, I don't know. Yeah, game three is a must win for for Denver. You better hope that it doesn't get to three one, but <laughs> that's that's exactly what I'm saying. We we all know what Denver can do, so I mean, we really can't say the series is over, even though Lakers have looked amazing. Uh, but I, I, I don't have, think you can count on a three one comeback again. Well, no, I that's mean, what I'm to be honest with you, game two. So Benham GM prior to the series starting offered Lakers up three to one. Denver comes back to win four to three at plus 4,000 odds. So you know me. I like to do those for shits and gigs. I would put $2 on that. Cortland Sutton. Five, actually through five. Year, to win way. 200, I'll take that. Even better. Cortland Sutton's out for the year. Breaking news. You got to be kidding me. CMC, wow. multiple weeks. Multiple weeks. Wait, multiple weeks? For Christian McCaffrey, yes, sir. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were telling us yeah. we'll Sutton's keep, injury. We'll keep going, though. I could have traded Sutton last week for Latavius Murray. I think I told you about that. Yeah. And I did not. Um, yeah, that was the matter. right move. Still, I agree. Still, yeah, I, agree I, I, right can dro- I can drop him now for someone else. So. Did you guys watch the Boston and Miami game three on Saturday night? Oh yeah, that was a good game. Sure did, sure did. And that was a game that Boston needed to win. We talked about that. We said like, I think we all wanted Miami to win. I think, but we all like said like the Celtics need to win this game. They absolutely needed to, and they did. Um, they shot forty eight percent from the field. Miami. See, this is where I get lost on Miami because if they don't, they don't shoot well every night. They just don't. They shot 38% and 27 from three, um, and they got out-rebounded by 12. If that's going to happen, uh, Miami's not going not gonna to beat the Celtics. Uh, the turnover situation, too, the, it was even. Uh, it really wasn't a great game from Jimmy Butler, 17 points, eight rebounds, three assists. Uh, they re- like I said, they just didn't shoot the ball well. Crowder was two of ten from three. Just not a great night. Adebayo still looks amazing. I love him. I love Bam. Tyler Hero also looked amazing. You know, if you're going to get minus 29 from Dragic, uh, you're not going to win a lot of games with that kind of guard play. So, <laughs> No, definitely not. The Celtics have been the better team in that series. Which is down- weird. Yeah, I yeah. would agree. They've been the better team probably all three games and lost. Two yeah, it's, it's not even debatable, honestly. 
uh, with the leads they've had, double-digit leads in every single game, as big as like 17. I mean, game three, Miami just could not pull ahead. And Jimmy Butler actually said this, I believe it was yesterday. He's like, it's getting a little old and tiring to having to constantly come back in all these games. And I agree. I mean, they're down double-digit points, you know, in the first half, early in the second half. So I'm with him totally that you can't count on having all these comebacks every single game because Boston is super talented. And I've got Gordon Hayward back for game three. So, I mean, he didn't do much in that game, but the fact that he's back, it kind of gives them another option and allows, you know, them to maybe not play through him, but become a decoy in essence. So Jalen Brown went off after, you know, the, the game two meltdown locker room um, with him and Marcus Smart. So he showed up for sure. Uh, and J- uh, J- Jason Tatum doing his thing. Kemba Walker's been playing a little bit better the last two games. So we got a series. We got a series. Uh, we got three I, I, days off in between. Right, right, which is big for them, I think. Uh, especially They don't play till Wednesday night at 8.30. Right, right. Uh, I think the NBA is smart, though. I think, Pat, they've learned. Uh, they're not going to put a Miami and – a Miami and um, Celtics game on Monday night when Monday night football is there, especially Correct. with the opening of the, the Raiders are a, a premier team, a pre, premier team. Like when it comes to ratings comes and so to are the fan bases too. Right. And so are the saints. Um, and then obviously you're not going to put two NBA games in one night on Tuesday. So I thought it was for rest, but I actually think it's because of the schedule. I actually think they were like, Hey, we're not going to put it up against Monday night football. And then we're not going to put it up back-to-back games with the Lakers and them. So they just said, let's just move it to Wednesday. And now you got both – both series will be game three. Game three is Wednesday for the Lakers. Game four is Wednesday is, – uh, game three is Tuesday for the Lakers. Game four is Wednesday for the Heat. And then they're just going back and forth like that. So then you're pretty much even like we talked about how, like, they won't – neither team will have more of an advantage when it comes to rest unless they win the series earlier. Right. I think that's what the, the big dilemma was allowing the West to kind of catch up so that, you know, the, the Eastern Conference didn't have a significant advantage had one of those teams swept. So good job NBA with the, the scheduling being flexible. And obviously they can do that being in the bubble because they're all playing at the same, same arenas. So yeah, they can do whatever they want. They can do whatever the they want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know they, they wanted to play uh, back-to-backs, they could, you know, they wanted to give guys a week off they can. Why not? Well, what's the point? No one's going anywhere in the bubble. So. What's cool is by the end of this week, we will know who – more than likely, we will know who's going to play in the NBA Finals. That is very – Game very six true. for the Heat and Celtics would be Sunday the 27th, which is, again, I don't love them going up on Sunday night at 7.30, but – I don't mind. Uh, it is what it is. Um, it's, uh, it's just going to be fun, man. I mean, the finals, I, I think I'm going to stick with the Lakers, and I think I'm going to stick with – uh, me taking the Celtics coming out of the East. I think I, I think I picked them over the Heat to win that series, but maybe maybe I didn't. But I, I still think the Celtics are the better team, like you said, Pat, and I think they'll find a way to squeak it out, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I do as well, especially after winning game three. I yeah. Think that, was, that, that was big for them. Had it gone 3-0, then you could probably write the Celtics off. Even if they forced a game seven somehow, I, I still think that winning four straight, obviously it's never been done, and I don't know if they would be able to do that. I don't even know if they've been three straight. So the fact, yeah, the fact that it's two one, huge for them, confidence wise. And now, like I said, they got Gordon Hayward back. So I think they're just deeper. And you, you kind of hit on this. Jimmy Butler really hasn't been doing much offensively. They're going to need him to score some more points because you, yep. you can't rely on Goran Dragic leading you in scoring every night. The guy's thirty four years old at this point. Uh, Tyler Hero is, is a boss. 
on now. He's, he, he's a stud. I think in the draft uh, this past year, he's now, in my estimation, the third best player out of the draft. I still put him behind Zion, but, I mean, the whole layoff for Tyler Hero was huge. The guy does not look like a rookie anymore. He, he looks like he's in his second year now, so you can only imagine what he's going to do with a full season next year. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of that series. No, no, no question. Uh, I just want to – I want to see good competitive games. I don't want to see Miami having to come back from a 15-point deficit. Now that we've wrapped up with the NBA, I think it's time for two quick segments to wrap up the show. Uh, we're going to start with Weekend Warriors. Now, weekend Warriors! I mean, dude, I don't know how you go with anyone else, but uh, Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited last night. Um, he's on my fantasy team, too, so that's probably why I'm picking him. He, Russell Wilson, man, is so good. I picked him to win the Super Bowl, and I still feel very confident about that. They are a team that they're in every game they play. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They're going to be in the game. Seattle had 429 yards last night. He had five touchdowns, 288 yards, 21 of 28. Uh, he had one bad play with the pick. That wasn't great. But other than that, um, he also, like, dude, I, I just it's hard for, to explain how he does it. He also had 39 yards on the ground. He, like, the deep ball he threw to Metcalf, he is the best deep ball thrower, in my opinion, in the league. The way that ball goes in amazing. a bucket. He's a bucket thrower. Whoop, over the top. The throw to Carson in the fourth quarter. Whoop, Drops it in a bucket. He is tremendous. He lit up a Pats defense that is usually very, very sound. Um, I know he only had 288 yards, but that's all they really needed. Um, they, they, they were the better team that entire game. It definitely was a little bit closer than you would like to see at the end there. Uh, I thought they were going to somehow manage to lose that game, and I, I, I would have blamed Pete Carroll for, you know, throwing a 49-yard pass on third and one to ice the game. If you could just get a first down, you throw a, a bomb down the field to lock it. Don't really understand. But other than that, my weekend warrior is 100% Russell Wilson. He's now in fantasy, just put up back-to-back 30-plus point weeks. Um, he had 33.42 this week and had 32.6 last week. I didn't think he would outscore himself uh, the first two weeks of the year, but he has. Um, I think he's the number one quarterback in fantasy. If I, I don't think I'm wrong about that. Definitely, I think I, I think you're right. I think he is number one. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous game by Russell Wilson and the two and zero Seattle Seahawks. So that's my uh, weekend warrior, Mister Unlimited. Unlimited. Would you like to go, Patrick? Uh, I'll let you go, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, I am gonna go with. <sighs> I got two quick things to say before I throw my warrior out there. <laughs> okay. First of all, just to prove Nick's point of Russell Wilson, the Patriots only allowed four wide receiver touchdowns last year. <laughs> for the first half. He threw five in the game and four in the first half. He only threw only four, though. To, he only threw four to receivers because Carson had one of them. Yes. Yeah. But unbelievable. <laughs> That's just – I just I, – I had to throw that stat out there because I, I was just sitting on it. But my weekend warrior, I'm going with Justin Herbert. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. He was, he was my pick easily after watching that game because I was so frustrated watching that game. With, even though I had Chiefs minus one and a half, I did not feel confident. This man put on a show uh, during that 4 o'clock game and absolutely just almost beat the, the 
Super Bowl champions in week two with a, a, just – there are no words. There are no words. Justin Herbert, for, uh, first player since like nine, the 1950s to have a passing and a rushing touchdown in the first half of a game in their rookie debut. And the, boy, the man finds out right after the coin toss, prior to the kickoff, that he is going to be starting due to Tyrod Taylor's injury. Um, I think that not only he played just amazing and it's going to be really interesting because I think we have a new class of quarterbacks that, that look like studs out there. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, countless others that I can't even think of. Kyler Murray definitely in that conversation, you know, and, uh, the future's bright. And I think Justin Herbert, this game is going to look really well for him down the line. And I think he's just going to play like a stud when they finally decide to give him the opportunity to be the full-time QB. Right. On to you, Patrick. I like, I like that pick. I like that pick. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, my two are going to be totally outside the box. So I initially was going to go to Nick's favorite European soccer league, Bundesliga or Bundesliga. <laughs> You're correct. I was going to look at Sergey Nabry, who had a hat trick in their uh, 2020-21 Bundesliga opener over the weekend. And the reason I was going to go him is because Bayern won the Bundesliga after the long delay in August, and then they also won the Champions League as well in August. So they had about, I don't know, a month or so off in between the next season starting. Still scores a hat trick. We're not going to go him. Uh, this, they won 8 nothing in their opener, so a lot of guys contributed. Uh, it's tough to just solely put the win on him. I'm going to the college ranks. I'm going to the U, Miami. De'Ara King, quarterback for the Hurricanes, went uh, – let me get the stats right here real quick. Uh, they, 325. Went, yeah, three touchdowns, three no picks, 18-30 to 30 in their win on the road at Louisville, who was ranked at the time. And the reason why I'm going De'Ara King, obviously he's having, he's having a really good season. They're 2-0 and in the year. Miami's looking – like the U again. Um, but De'Ara King uh, had a little bit of uh, tragedy, uh, but I would say less than a year ago. So he, he started his career at Houston. He's 23 years old, by the way. He, he, uh, he played three, four years at Houston and transferred to Miami prior to this year. So anyway, uh, he <clears throat> was at Houston, like I mentioned, and there was a, I think he had an injury or something like that, but he just kind of found his way out of the, the lineup uh, as Houston starting quarterback. And Houston went through a bunch of coaching changes during his career there. I think he had three different head coaches, four or five different offensive coordinators. It was, it was a bit of a mess. So he made the decision to transfer, uh, like I said, less, a little less than a year ago or so. And uh, his dad was a huge part of his recruiting process. Uh, and also, you know, with his decision to transfer as well. So um, in February, I believe it was. I actually have this up here. Yeah, it's February. His father actually passed away of a heart attack at age 48. So he's kind of dedicating this whole season to his father. So that, that's why De'Ara King is my guy. Uh, just, you know, the storyline, I, I saw it uh, during game day over the weekend. And uh, it could be emotional, but, you know, I definitely feel for him. And the fact that he's coming out performing after transferring and whatnot, now he's at the U. If they can, you know, run the table, maybe they knock off Clemson. Who knows? We'll see. I think mm. his storyline is uh, is riveting. So, 
yeah, that, that's my weekend warrior. Where? And that's the end of weekend warriors. And to the... wrap up the show, we have a new segment. New segment alert. Patrick Puzo has come up with a beautiful segment. I have mine ready. Nick Lorsa doesn't know what this segment is yet. No, the segment is. So he's gonna have to come up with it on the fly. Wait, the both of you know and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. I'm the I'm the tease. Yeah, you're exactly. We, we need we need we need a real reaction from somebody. So uh, <laughs> you're, you're you're the guinea pig here. All right, I, like so my, I give good reactions. Yeah, Pat, I want you to go ahead and and explain it, um, and then I can go first since I have mine ready and I know what we're gonna be doing. I've got. I actually have five written down for these. So anyway, my my new segment. Here's the name. Okay, it's called Eightments. Eightments. Okay, it's a statement in eight words or less about anything. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these are going to be sports-related, okay? Things that, you know, thoughts that you had pop in your mind over the weekend. But like I said, it doesn't have to be just sports. It could be anything. So it could be Chipotle is better than Taco Bell. We I guess so, yes. Whatever you want, which it is. Uh, now, I, I initially wanted to get away from just, like, uh, strictly opinions or predictions. But to be quite honest, that's what a statement is, okay? It's just a, it's a bold, you know, sense uh, or, or thought. So that, that's the, the, the new segment. Eight minutes, and I'll start us off, okay? Okay, you start. I will, I will start us off. And like I said, I I'll have go five. Second. I'll go these second. Are, yes. And these are also – these are made for debate. Maybe not a lengthy debate, but, you know, just put it out I think, there. I think that's the thing. You put it out there, and you don't – it doesn't need to be a lengthy debate, maybe a minute no. or two for each. But we can all, like, quickly say our piece on – after the person says their statement and then they can back it up real quick, the rest of us can put in our 30 to 45-second argument against it or for it, and we'll go from there. So my first statement is Bill O'Brien sabotaged Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Oh, I 100% agree. <laughs> Wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. Uh, yeah. We're definitely in agreement on that one because the, we, we, that was one of like the biggest pieces of breaking news, I feel, while we were all at, at school. I remember driving – I was right around the CSB, our old school uh, building, right when that news broke. Um, the oh, my D-hop gosh. trade, yeah. Yeah, the D-hop trade. I don't yeah, think absolutely. Pat's wrong at all. I don't no. think Pat's wrong I think we're all in agreement on that one for sure. Yeah, and uh, we're now seeing it come into fruition with the first two weeks, how they've struggled offensively. It, it, it's just a shame. Hey, they won't Man. struggle this week. They're playing the Vikings, so they'll get the ball in the 10. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We shall see, but it's a shame because that division is, I think it's fair to say, pretty average. Even though Tennessee's 2-0, they haven't looked great. So it's, it's a damn shame that Bill O'Brien had to ship off D-Hop for hardly nothing. And he's now, he's now paying David Johnson and Brandon Cooks more money than DeAndre Hopkins was even asking for. So it, it, it's just a mess um, what he's doing with that, that franchise. And unfortunately for Deshaun Watson, uh, it, I, don't, I don't think he's ever going to win the big game because he's got a head coach like Bill O'Brien. So yeah, that's my first one. So I have, I have one eight-man. Um, Notre Dame will win the ACC championship. You like that? You like it's hard that? to argue right now. Um, just saying. Amazingly, over the weekend, Notre Dame had the more impressive victory, fifty-two hey, nothing over hey, USF. I, I, this is why I get I get mad at these big time teams, and I know they have to play Citadel, but like, why do you play Citadel? It's like the SEC when they play Chattanooga before. You know what I mean? Like, what are you guys playing D1AA teams for? 
And I know Notre Dame played USF, and USF is garbage. But yep. I, I'm not saying – no, I am saying Notre Dame's going to win the AC championship. Um, remember, it's not, it's not, there's not two divisions this year. It's just based on conference record. Um, and Notre Dame's hardest game is Clemson. They play Clemson in November, so they could feasibly be 9-1. and one, And, you know, based on that, you'd probably see them playing Clemson. I mean, the hardest games they got left besides Clemson, they play at UNC, number 11, but that's later in the season, so we'll see if UNC can keep it up. Uh, they play Pitt and Louisville. I, I, the Pitt game scares me. The Louisville game doesn't scare me as much, but the Pitt game does scare me. Uh, and they play Florida State and Wake Forest in the next two games. So, uh, and they, you know, they also have Georgia Tech and BC and Syracuse. I mean, they're all decent teams, but Notre Dame should win all those games besides the Clemson game. And if I'm being honest, I'd actually prefer Notre Dame to lose to Clemson in the regular season and then play them again in the ACC championship game <laughs> and beat them. Um, hard to beat a team twice. Uh, yeah, so that's my big eight-man. I think Notre Dame will win the uh, ACC championship this year and go to the college football playoffs. All right. I, I say that this- every year, by the way. <laughs> I love the splurge of this segment, and uh, you put me under the gun, but I'm ready. I got two of them, believe it or not. Wow, he's got two already. Count the words. Uh, count the words. Make sure small the rule. It could be eight or less, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it could be eight, eight right. or less. Um, all right, Cam Newton is back. That's number one okay. for sure. Uh, it's hard to argue that. Oh my gosh, I think. Uh, I mean, what a game last night. We've already touched on it but three rushing touchdowns for him. And the Patriots, believe it or not, I heard the stat driving home last night, 126 and eight under Bill Belichick when the team scores 30 points or more. And they lost last night. (laughs) So what a trend uh, on that, but unbelievable. Uh, Cam Newton's back. Definitely. In my opinion. And the deal is just so team friendly. And, of course, the Patriots are going to be competitive. Of course they are because Belichick's there. So that's annoying from a AFC division standpoint. But it is what it is. My other one, Russell Wilson is the front runner for MVP. Boom. There. I said it. I actually plan on looking. I'm trying to find MVP odds because I want to take Russell. Uh, I want to see uh, – hopefully they can offer them somewhere, but he just looks unstoppable right now. And obviously we've had a really good quarterback play in these first two weeks. Kyler Murray's played well. Josh Allen has played well, even though he played against two bottom feeders. But um, Russell Wilson has showed up in each game. And, you know, that game in Atlanta was a little bit closer at the beginning – but this game was an absolute battle. Every Seattle Patriot game is just so good. They, they did a little, you know, uh, recap of the past games. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot how many instant classics they had. So that's what I'm going with right there. Russell Wilson is the front runner for MVP. I, I agree with both. Well, your I aims. agree with that. Uh, I agree with both, too. Especially Russ. There's no disagreement. With yeah. my guy. My MVP. Russ is my weekend warrior. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's so, get it. How can I disagree? How could you? You can't. Boom. And that's just because it was off the top of my head. I, so I, I, cool with, to uh, you. With a week, I will, you know I'll definitely get creative. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the point of this whole segment. Love get, this. Get creative. You know? And I, you can get controversial, too, if you want. I mean, give us, give us a bombshell. I don't care. 
do it. Like I, I've got a couple bombshells for you, maybe with Whoa. with uh my, my remaining eightments. So I've got four of them. I'm actually going to hold off on two for now because I want to see things play out a little bit more. Um, well, one of them I really like a lot, but but I think I'm going to wait one more week for it. Just one more week. Oh. My my next one is uh, uh, sort of depressing when you think about it. So here here it is. Saquon Barkley is the Aaron Judge of football. Whoa. That's a big statement. It's a big statement. Wow. It's a big I mean, I can't say statement. that I disagree right now. Because they were both they both came into the league around the same time, right? Was Saquon twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen? I think he was eighteen. I believe this is third year. Yeah, um, so yeah, that'll be eighteen, nineteen, twenty. I mean, and since I mean, and Judge was fully healthy in 2017. After that is when he really started you right. know, suffering so like, with the injuries. Anyway, yeah, really, so the last three years, timeline, perspective, same time frame. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I can't disagree with it. I won't say that I agree, but I can't disagree. I'm gonna full fully disagree, um, and the reason is because Aaron Judge is gonna be 30 years old, and Saquon's only 23. But as a running back, he's running out of time. It's also a very fair point. You can say that, but you got Frank Gore and AP still in the league, and they're both freaks of nature. Yeah. Barry Sanders played for 11 years. I mean, look, man, the ACL thing is going to be tough. But uh, once again, also, Saquon had a high ankle sprain last year and came back so fast. Right. And then this year, year, I don't think you can call him the Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge – Aaron Judge has always had these – has a different injury every time. It's always a soft tissue or his rib or – his calf or this or that. Saquon towards ACL. I mean, that's just – that's uh, there's no, like, once again, like as we were talking about earlier, you can't say, oh, what could you have done to prevent you tearing your ACL? Nothing. It, that just it, that kind of stuff just happens. Um, so I'm not ready to say that yet, so I'm going to disagree. I'm not ready to say that. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I think with sort of a projection, that's kind of how I'm seeing Saquon, like going down a similar path. And also both obviously in New York – both huge faces in the game, uh, and they're you know they're arguably the top two players in the city. I mean, obviously, you know, the Giants play in New Jersey, but in, in terms of New York teams, they're probably the two biggest stars. I would say, you know, mine is Garrett Cole, uh, but you know, in terms of jersey sales and just recognition, Saquon and Aaron Judge are fan favorites for sure. I would agree. So that's where I'm kind of getting the the comparison. But yeah, just 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 a thought. Uh, Nick, do you got any other ones? Nothing on my end, but as we talk about this right now, not breaking news, but it is definitely confirmed that Saquon Barkley has a torn ACL that is official. So coincidental that we are talking about it right now and news breaks. But interesting segment. I'm loving it, and I can't wait to get a nice week under my belt when I'm, when I'm thinking about this because yeah. it's so simple. It's, it's, it's simple but also complex. <laughs> also, cold safety, Malik Hooker suffered a torn Achilles out for the season. Yep. As soon as I saw that, it was, it was torn Achilles. That's crazy, the Colts, too. Marlon Mack, you lose last week, Achilles. Now Hooker. It's, yeah, it's, not, it's not great. Not, not great. Um, actually, one more eight for you guys. A little fun one to close out the show. So here it is. Watching The Office last night, trying to finish up season eight and wrap up the, the series. So here's my eight Here's my thought. Kevin Malone, the only character that never changed. 
That never changed? Never changed. Disagree. Hey, did you watch the first season? I did. You obviously didn't because he was not – they didn't have him be stupid in the first season. He was normal. He talked the, the he, same, though. He used a different voice. No, you're wrong. You got to go, re- go walk back and rewatch that. Got to go back and rewatch re- I think, Nick, Nick you're a big Office fan like me. I think Pat hasn't watched it enough to know that. Remember in the first season – he was just kind of like he wasn't smart, but he wasn't like the way he is. He changed into more of like a character caricature of himself later on. Kevin. Yes. First absolutely. season, he, he was absolutely, absolutely normal. Absolutely it, normal. It's like that with a lot of characters. I think um, Angela had that uptight a little bit, you know, character, but they really exploited that in the in the season four. Um, Kevin definitely was just like a big teddy bear kind of character. And then they, once they realized what they had, they definitely, all these characters blossomed over the course of the show. But um, yeah, Kevin for sure definitely wasn't expected. It's coincidental because I was just watching like an early season episode the other day and uh, Kevin was definitely not the character he was, you know, once he gets to, some of his classic lines in, in, in the, in the middle seasons and then later seasons, you know? Uh, and then there's also that hysterical late season post Michael where he adopts a dog and he's like, just saying all these things like, yeah, my dog likes to sleep a lot. She's always in this one spot on the floor and <laughs> they make you think the dog is dead, but the dog was in fact alive. And he's like, I don't really even have to walk her. Like she just never wants to do anything. But, uh, yeah, a lot of evolution with every Office character, in my opinion. That's what makes the show so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I guess I'm just watching less than, like I said, maybe I don't really remember season one too much, but Kevin's, like, just personality, for the most part, has kind of stayed the same. Like, obviously, Jim, I thought, changed a lot, especially after, you know, he got married and they had the kid. Pam has changed quite a bit. I kind of hated her early on in the show, and then uh, she – opened up a little bit and became yeah. more personable. I also thought about Daryl, just like, you know, who he is. Yeah. Uh, he, he has kind of stayed consistent. Creed has just been a, a wild Creed card. A, a consistent wild card. He's a wild card uh, always. You never know. What you're Oscar, I thought, too, has been pretty consistent. And then Phyllis is the other one I thought has been pretty yeah. consistent. Grandma-esque out of Phyllis. <laughs> right, right, for sure. But then everyone else has definitely evolved and, you know, their, their storyline has changed in some way or, yeah, I mean, that uh, Dwight, I was initially considering, but I'm like, you know what? After Michael left, he definitely changed 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just a random thought. Well, yeah, that'll do it for eight minutes. That'll Love do it. it. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that yeah. do it? Yeah, for, that'll do it for the show. For 38. 38. Wow. Patrick's age. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that'll do it for the show. Good recap of the NFL weekend. Uh, me and Nick went positive in the bets. Nick went great. I, I, I back on the back on the grind. I tied up Pat. I told you I was going to catch you. I told you I was going to catch you, Pat. I've already done it. I didn't think you weren't going to catch me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll hope the back doors uh, can stay closed next week when we put in our bets again. Uh, remember this week, we got Thursday. We got some this or that, some tears on Thursday, on Thursday show. And on Saturday, we have our version of a Pick'em podcast. We have uh, – it's going to be Send Help, the Pick Show. 
We're going to give out 10 picks uh, between college football and the NFL. We're still going to do the four NFL spreads. Um, and I guess I think we can make it mandatory that you have one over and under, and then the other four bets can be whatever you want. It could be more spreads. It could be more over-unders. It could be the Yankees minus one and a half. It could be the Mets to lose every game ever. Whatever you want. Uh, it could be any of those things. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty excited for this week ahead. It's going to be fun. Uh, anything else to say, boys, before we sign off? Uh, DK Metcalf made Stephon Gilmore's bitch last night. <laughs> yes. That's it. Yes. That's it. That's it. Uh, I thought it was a good battle. They were going at it all night. Yeah. I don't know. Metcalf's a, a, a freak. A six I'm four. Just, yeah, I'm just going to go with, uh, you know, like, stay safe with your mask. That's it. This is what you got to go with, yeah. Oh, by the way, congrats to Deion Sanders getting hired at Jackson State to become the new head coach. Can't wait for that. Playing the SWAC. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Bro. Didn't he just get hired by Barstool, too? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's going on? He got hired there so he'd become a head coach because he's going to be able to do both. Deion's crazy, dude. He's a wild. Absolutely man. crazy. Love it. Yeah. And we're sending, we're sending love to James White and his family. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout I tweeted about White. it last night. If you follow us on Send Help, uh, the pod. You saw that we uh, acknowledged, and we definitely are sending our condolences and love towards James White. Yeah, yeah. And Russell Wilson as well. A lot of respect for him. Forgot that they were teammates at Wisconsin. So, uh, horrible news, obviously. Uh, feeling for him. And, yeah. Just shout out to everyone that got injured this weekend, too. Prayers up to everybody. Right. Safe right. recoveries for everybody. Saquon, especially <laughs> as a New York-based New York podcast. Uh, hope he gets back healthy next year. And, honestly, maybe by week 17. You never know with him. He's, he's so, a freak. Thanks, for everybody, for listening. And we'll set the thea. See you later. That was a terrible see you. Well, you know what? Stay safe. Wear your mask. For the latest updates on the show, follow us on Twitter at sendhelp underscore the pod. You can listen to us live every week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search send help semicolon the podcast. That's send help semicolon, you know, the thing with two dots, the podcast. 